Hello, hello, my creative friends. Welcome back to episode two of Share the Work. As I mentioned yesterday, I'll be in your podcast feed every single day this week, Monday through Friday. You ready? (laughs) I'm sharing a five-part mini course with the creative community called Share the Work. And this is the audio recording of the podcast, or not the podcast, the, the mini course videos. Each video is available on my site. If you'd like to watch the content, you totally can. If you prefer audio, then stay right here. But if you want to watch me, my beautiful face, and the beautiful graphics that we've created, then head over to my website, emilyjeffreyslearn.com forward slash share the work. You can access everything right there. This episode is so important. We're going to talk today about how to attract collectors, how to attract buyers, how to make sure that you're talking to the right audience. This is very important because even if your creative work is so beautiful and so meaningful and so resonant with you, if you're sharing it with the wrong people, it's not going to grow into a business. It's not really going to go anywhere. It's not going to progress, right? And that will lead to some self-doubt, some negative self-talk, some thinking that maybe your work isn't that good because it's not getting the response that you want, when in reality, you're just talking to the wrong people. But that isn't your work's fault or your fault, it's just the wrong audience. So we'll talk today about how to find and attract the right audience to your work. Making Artwork opens for enrollment on Thursday of this week, and I am so excited. I said that really strangely. I am so excited. I am so excited. I'm so excited. There we go. That sounds good. (laughs) I really, really am. I cannot wait to begin this year's version of Making Artwork. It is going to be such a transformative experience, so powerful, so meaningful. If you've been waiting for a couple of years to take this course, this is absolutely the year for you. The guest experts are joining us live this year. The content is being refreshed and it's so beautiful and meaningful. And the course just works. Making your work just plain works. I don't know how else to say it, but the results that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of alumni are still getting to this day prove the effectiveness of this course. It is a gift to me. I've learned a lot by creating it and by just thinking through these things and really affirming them in my own business and my own my own life and my own practices. And I hope that it's also a gift to you and to the creative community. Okay, today, like I said, we're gonna talk about how to attract an audience to your work, one that will resonate and affirm the beauty of what you're creating. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Share the Work episode two. Thank you for coming back. Um, Yesterday we talked all about how to make sure that your work is meaningful to you and how you can best communicate that meaning and that that true beauty to your audience. Today, we're gonna take it one step further and talk about how to attract an audience to your work. Now, this short five-part course is really the foundation that I hope will help you grow a career around your creative work. If you're an artist, a designer, photographer, maker, crafter, writer, anyone that creates something meaningful and beautiful that has to be like, you know, begin inside of the magic of your mind and heart and has to take form outside of your body in some way in which someone else can consume it and purchase it and enjoy it and be with it, then you're a creative. And I use that word as a blanket, just creative, because we all begin with the same process. We all begin 
with what we talked about yesterday, letting creativity flow through you, acknowledging that it is good, it is beautiful, it is needed inside of you, it is needed inside of your audience and your community and the world at large. Once you understand that communication process, you and your inspiration settling into your creative process, finding that flow, finding that value and that meaning, and then allowing it to become visible in whatever way that looks like for you to someone outside of you, you have now acted as an artist. You have now done that creative act. As your work sits on that pedestal, as we talked about yesterday, you put it on that pedestal, you're elevating it, you're giving it that spotlight, you're giving it that space to be valued, right? Like you are the only one that can bring value to your work. I talk about that so much in Making Art Work, the course that I teach for creative entrepreneurs. A big tenant of that course is letting your work have the value that it deserves, which isn't easy. I know that, I acknowledge that. It takes a lot of bravery, takes a lot of vulnerability, takes a lot of tenacity and consistency, all of which you have, right? You have all of those things. But as it's on that pedestal, as you keep putting it up there and keep making that light a little bit brighter, a little bit bigger, a little bit bolder, your work then begins to somehow magically attract the right people. And it's not magic because as we talked about yesterday, the work that you're creating matters. It has a voice. It has opinions that need to be considered by your audience. And they want to consider those opinions. They want to enjoy your work. So while it may feel kind of magical, it's definitely not magical. <laughs> and we spend 12 whole weeks inside of making your work talking about how you can methodically and systematically do this without burning out, without having imposter syndrome, or at least not too much of it, we all have some, without um, fading because you're fatigued, because it's not working, right? That's never a good thing. So if you feel like you need more of that in your life, I strongly encourage you to join Making Art Work. It will absolutely be a worthy investment for you and for your creative work. And your creative work is worth the effort. Okay, let's dive into today's topic, how to attract an audience to your work. Now, yesterday's content matters quite a lot because I want you, as we begin talking about this today, I want you to have in the front of your mind what message, what vision are you trying to communicate to your audience? If you're fuzzy on that detail, then spend some more time with yesterday's questions. And they may take time to settle in and to be real and to feel real inside of your heart and mind. That's completely fine. And it matters because before you can expect to attract customers, you have to understand what your work is saying. Before you can begin to assume that your work's voice will attract the right people, you need to know what its voice is, right? Like you need to know that that first step is saying, oh, my voice is saying this. And that message might speak to this person. You can expand that. You can make that as broad as it needs to be. We often communicate with people that don't look quite like our ideal customer in our minds. Um, people may surprise you. One of my favorite examples of this is I had a gentleman come to my studio who is older in his mid seventies. Um, he was a widower. He adamantly opposed Christmas, not a Christmas fan, talked about how much he did not like it, how he did not have a tree, did not celebrate, did not do anything for Christmas, right? 
And yet, he walked out of my studio with three ornaments. <laughs> Even though, I don't think I would have put a gentleman in their 70s on my idle customer, you know, if I were to sketch out my idle customer, particularly one for my ornaments when this gentleman was staunchly and vehemently opposed to Christmas. So all that to say, you can expand a little bit what you expect, but having a few of those expectations in place does help when you begin to talk to people online in particular, and when you begin to think, where should my work live in the physical space as well? A great example of this would be if you are someone that creates work that's more in the children and family realm. Maybe you are an illustrator, maybe you create things that work for kids really well. Um, you know, children enjoy your aesthetic, parents enjoy your aesthetic really. Um, you can begin to think, okay, where do people that have kids do a lot of shopping? Or what brands do they enjoy most? Or where are they going in my local town when they are having a, a leisure day? Um, as you begin to think about these things and begin to think about what does my ideal customer like to do, you can begin to put your work in their space more effectively. So in order to do that, you have to define your work, the outward expression of your inner conversation, which I know can be hard to do. So we're going to walk through this together. As we do, keep imposter syndrome at a minimum. Okay. Hear me on this. You belong here. Your work belongs in stores. Your work belongs in galleries. Your work belongs in web shops. Your work belongs on Instagram. Your work belongs wherever you imagine it being, it should be there. And you are the one that will help it get there, okay? So keep imposter syndrome at a minimum. Um, let yourself believe in the beauty and the power of what you've created. Go back to yesterday's content if you need to. Your work is good. Your work matters. Your work has a voice. Your work has a purpose. And those voices and purposes are needed out in this, this big, big hurting world. So let your work be seen. Let it be a thing that can nourish your community. Now, this lesson will be a little bit robust. I'm going to talk about things that really matter as you begin to make a business around your creative work. Yesterday's content was all about settling into why your work matters, why it should be out in the world. In this lesson, we're going to begin bringing it out into the world, which means you're going to begin growing a brand and growing a business around your work. So the five things we're going to think through in this lesson are get clear on why your work matters to you. Look at your work from the outside. Is it speaking in the way that you intend? How are you conveying the value of your work to others? Define who your ideal audience is and where they feel most comfortable. And then five, how can you use empathy to share your work more effectively? Let's dive into each of those at a little bit of a slower pace, shall we? Number one, get clear on why your work matters to you. I keep saying this, but yesterday's content is so important. When your work matters to you, when you have enough conviction around its, its validity, around its value, around how much it matters inside of your heart and mind and life, then you can begin to bring it to the world confidently. And that confidence is a word that you're going to hear a lot inside of making your work. Confidence is so important. So the more confident you can be in the, in the quality of what you're creating and in the merit of what you've created, the better. So what did you create? What message does it bring to the world? 
Um, what are you conveying through that creative work? Is it elevated? Are you making it, uh, are you giving it a voice? Are you giving it space to be big and beautiful in the world? Number two is to look at your work from the outside. Now, we talked yesterday about why your work matters to you, and we began to touch a little bit on what is your work saying to somebody else, but now we're gonna think about that. Um, and this is marketing, right? This is what marketing is at its finest. Your work gets to speak with someone else. You're not really in the conversation, which is really nice. <laughs> Once you've put your work on that pedestal, you've shown the light on it, you gave it a voice, and that's a metaphor, by the way, for sending out an email, having your work in wholesale locations, having your work on Instagram, creating a YouTube channel. That pedestal is all the ways that someone gets to interact with your work. That could be an actual pedestal at an actual gallery, right? Think about how your work gets to live in the world. You've done your part to put it up there and now you can step back. Not for a long, but for a minute, you can step back and you can let your work speak to the viewer. I love this phase because it's the phase when I, as an artist, get to watch my work sing on its own. It now is doing its own thing, communicating on its own. I don't have to advocate for my work. I don't have to translate for my work. I can just watch this communication happen from afar. And it is the most surreal and beautiful thing. Now, some people are gonna walk by your work and not even notice it. They're not even going to turn their head and be wowed by it. Someone else though is going to stop dead in their tracks and stare and purchase and live with and cherish your work forever. <laughs> and like, come on, that's so cool. That's so cool and so beautiful. So as we begin to think about that transactional conversation, not transactional, that, that give and take conversation between you and your work, you did your part, you created it, you loved it, you nourished it, you nourished you, you did all the things that it took to get to this place of creating this good work. You put it up on that pedestal. Someone is coming to talk with your work. What are they saying, right? Like if you can imagine this conversation, what is your work saying to that viewer? Is it giving them space to feel something or to consider something or to experience something? Um, is it giving them words for something that they didn't know how to express themselves? When your audience sees your products or your services or your creative work, how do you want them to walk away feeling? I love this. If you can't tell, it's like making me feel all gooey inside. I love it so much. If at this phase you're thinking, oh, my work is terrible. It's not. No, no, no. Go back to last episode. Go through those questions again. Is your work good? Can you, are you enjoying it? Can you sit with it in peace? Is it saying something unique? Is it expressing something new? Then it's good. Then it's good. Okay, so as you begin to look at your work from the outside, begin to just document, write down some words, write down a few things that you think your work might be saying to that viewer. Again, you're just watching from afar, so you can't be sure. You're not, you're not eavesdropping, although you kind of are a little bit. What are you hearing? What do you think they are talking about in between themselves, between you and your product, or the, the customer and your product, your creative work, whatever you're creating? The next thing I want you to think through is learn to convey the value of what you've created to others. This is the magic of making artwork. 
If you have some question marks in this space in particular, I will help you. I've got you. This is where I personally thrive. I love this space. I love creating things that have just an, an essence of excellence around them. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that because it's, it's something that I just really enjoy doing and I really enjoy helping others do it as well. How can you create this beautiful work, put it on that pedestal, and then do your very best to make sure that everything around that pedestal, and again, it's a metaphor, right? It's not really a pedestal, although it may be. Everything around that pedestal is singing the praises of that thing. Um, like I said in the last episode, that would be things like your website, your photography, your packaging, where your work is being shown, the shops that you're including your work in, the books that you're, you're publishing your work in, um, the partners that you work with, the brands that you work with, the products that you create, the services that you offer that surround your creative work, all of the things that hover in the orbit of your creativity, they get to be excellent. And that's where you get to play. And that's where my nerdiness comes in really handy because I love to do these things and I love to help others do them well, which we get into in depth, every single one of those things in depth inside of Making Your Work. So if you have question marks in this area, join Making Your Work 100%. It'll be very, very worthy of your time and energy. So step three being learn how to convey that value to others is really important. Um, when you speak about your work, speak about it with honor. When you photograph your work, photograph your work well. <laughs> Use good lighting. Edit your, your photos beautifully. Uh, take the right kind of detail photos that will convey the value of what you've created. Style things well. Get some good models. Things that'll just help to elevate this beautiful brand that you are creating, which we'll talk about tomorrow. Number four is to define who your ideal customer or collector is and where they feel most comfortable. So this is where you get to step into your empathy. We'll talk about empathy in a little bit more depth in just a moment, but begin to think about what you've created. What does it mean? What is it saying? What's the message? All these things that we just talked about. Who do you think would be most attuned to those messages and to that meaning and to that, the beauty of what you've created? Um, if you create watercolor flower paintings, maybe you want to think about someone that enjoys their garden someone that lives in a lush area, someone that just got married and might have a bridal bouquet that they'd like you to, to paint for them. If you create fan art based on Harry Potter, well, maybe Harry Potter fans, right? Where are they? What are they doing? Where are they spending time? Are they on certain forms? Are they going to certain conventions? Are they shopping in certain stores? Where are they already comfortable? They're not gonna come to you. You have to be where they already are. The more you can begin to think, this is what I've created. This is what it's saying. This is who I think it's for. And the more you can define that who it's for bit, the more you can be in their space already. Again, they're not gonna come to you. Um, that phrase, if they build it, or if you build it, they will come. It's not true. <laughs> it's not true. You have to be where they already are. In making artwork, I use this metaphor that I like quite a lot, and I'll just share it here. You've created a beautiful island. Your work is so beautiful. Your website is so lovely. The photography on your island is so great. The packaging on your island, mm, perfection, right? 
No one's gonna come to your island. They don't know where your island is. You have to actively be sending out messengers to where your audience is already spending time, already finding their, their joy, already doing their life, and you have to pull them to your island in little tugboats. Or you have to take shipments of things from your island to where they're spending time and enjoying life already and set up some little tents, set up some little pop-up shops. Again, that's kind of a metaphor, but begin to think, where are they spending time and how can I meet them there? They're not gonna wander across the ocean to your island. They don't know you exist, right? So you have to actively be in their presence and you can do it because your work matters. What you've created is good. What you've created brings you energy and love and connection and meaning and purpose. And those things will spread to your audience. And when they see your work, when they do encounter your work, then that magnetic moment can happen. And that thing that I talked about where they have that communication, you know, your work in the audience member, then that can happen. And you can step back and, and breathe and just enjoy that transaction for a moment, that little interaction. Okay, number five is how can you use empathy to share your work more effectively? I love this idea because when you know that your work is good, when you know that what you create matters to you, it is unkind <laughs> to not share your work, right? If you know that what you've created matters and it is good and it is speaking truth and beauty and nourishment to you and you assume also to others, then to not share it with someone else is to do them a disservice. So if we can begin to kind of shift marketing on its head and make it less about you and your anxiety and your unease and your need to make a living and all these things that can feel like a draining energy, begin to replace it with, oh, what I've created is good and needed and beautiful and people want my thing and, they, and they're thankful that I'm creating it, then suddenly you have bounty with which you can market effectively. It's not even hard at that point, it's just like, generous, right? <laughs> Instead of making, or making art work, I often say marketing is an act of generosity because it absolutely is, especially for us, especially for those of us that are creating generous things. Ah, we're so nice. <laughs> Never really we are. So how can you create a marketing plan that is seeping in, that's a gross word, that is lush that is full of, there we go, empathy and generosity. Again, look at your work from the outside. What is it saying? Who is it speaking to? Who needs to hear this message? And then let's talk more about logistics. If it's hard to access your work, then you are essentially hiding it, which isn't kind, as I just discussed. So if it's hard to access your work, then think about how can I make it a bit easier? Can I make my work more accessible? Not priced lower, I mean easier to find, easier to get to. Um, how can I make buying my work a simpler process? Is it hard to buy your work now? Do people want to browse your website? Is it even existing? <laughs> and if it does exist, is it pleasant? Is it easy to navigate? Does it feel good? When they come across an image of your work, do they want to keep looking at that image or do they go, meh, and they move on? How can you make the 
enjoyment of spending time with your work, especially in a two-dimensional digital space, how can you make it more nourishing and more enjoyable? One thing that we talk about inside of making your work is this concept of your highest work. And it's a really important concept because when you know what your highest work is, you know that it's completely valid and um, even expected to spend energy and creative energy on that highest work. So in my business, that would be my landscape paintings. I do a lot of landscape paintings. You probably have seen them before. Um, that's my highest work. They are some of the largest things that I create, the most impactful things that I create. They lead to brand partnerships and collaborations and um, lots and lots of print sales and lots of original, original sales and all kinds of things. So when I create a landscape painting, I know that it's worth my energy to do so, which feels really good. So how can I create a space in which my highest work is getting the attention that it deserves, getting the energy that it deserves from, from me first and foremost, and then from my audience. And again, doing so with empathy and with generosity. When you know who you are speaking to, you can adjust your language to meet them. This takes a bit of maturity. This is not something that you might intuitively know from day one, although you can probably guess quite a bit at this. But when you know who your ideal audience member is, what they're interested in, what they find resonant about your work, you can begin to speak to them more intuitively, more directly, and much more effectively. Okay, I have some questions for you because you know I love my questions. Um, this will be included in a downloadable worksheet that you can go access and spend time with. I recommend doing so. What makes your work unique? Where do you find unique inspiration? What stories does your work tell? Search for your voice within your vision. What words would you use to describe your work? And yesterday we talked about these questions from the internal point of view. This time I want you to think about these questions from the external point of view. When someone is having that interaction with your work, you're again, you're like 10 feet away. You're quietly, giddily, awkwardly, nervously in the corner observing. <laughs> That's just me. You know, it's fine. Um, you're observing though, right? You don't have to be awkward. What is happening inside of that interaction between your work, whatever you've created, whether it's a product or a service or a piece of artwork or whatever it is, what have you created and with your audience member? And I want you to think about like one person or a type of person and then answer these questions. So again, what makes your work unique to your audience? Where do you find unique inspiration and what is your audience gathering from that? What stories does your work tell to your audience? Um, what is your work saying? When you're able to define the words that describe your work, you are able to communicate those feelings, attributes, and qualities in the finished work. One thing that I really encourage you to do is to own your differences. This can be a great place to begin if you're thinking, what I create is just pretty, or I don't know what it's saying, or I don't know what, what its voice is in the world. How is your work different than someone else's? Is it saying something that's a little bit unique from your point of view, from your perspective? That can be a great place to begin, and that might be what attracts your audience member to your work in particular in the first place. So. 
Spend time with these questions. Um, as you establish the value of your work, you begin attracting people to that value. Tomorrow we're gonna to talk about how to create a brand around your creative work, which can often make a lot of artists a little bit squeamish because brands feel slimy and gross. They are not, do not worry. Come back tomorrow, we'll talk all about it. They are beautiful, they are nourishing, they give you a voice that's very, very clear out in the world. And then in the fourth episode, we'll talk about marketing and the five ways that I recommend marketing your work right now with wherever you are on your journey, these are the best ways to begin marketing your work in my humble opinion. So come back for those for sure. But for today, settle into the idea that your work has value and sharing its value is an act of generosity with your audience. And when your audience feels that generosity, they will be attracted to your work. Before we sign off for today though, I would love it if you would share about Share the Work with your community. There are some images that you can download and share. They're very pretty. You can put them on Instagram or text them to a creative friend or put them in a Facebook group, whatever you'd like. I would just be honored if you would help me spread the word about this free resource. Making Artwork opens on March 3rd. If you're considering joining us, I highly recommend that you do so. And I hope that you do so in the first couple of days because we're ready to get in there and just start making some magic with you. Making Artwork is a 12 week course that helps creative entrepreneurs grow sustainable and soulful creative brands. This is a business course. This is like a very condensed, very, um, very helpful MBA for creatives is how it's been described but I do so through the lens of nourishing your soul, nourishing your creativity, nourishing your inspiration, because I know firsthand that you cannot sustain this business if you are feeling frazzled and out of touch with the alignment of what's happening inside of you and inside of your business and inside of the world. And having that congruence is deeply important to your growth. And when you have it, you will grow. You will grow a business that is profitable and sustains you and allows you to accomplish your biggest dreams. And I cannot wait to watch that happen in your business and in your life. Doors are open March 3rd through March 10th, and I would love to see you join us from 2022. Doors are open once a year, so this is your chance. You can learn more at emilyjeffordslearn.com. I'd love to see you in there. Okay, see you tomorrow. Bye for now.